0: Welcome to the fourth episode of the National Coalition for Dialogue and Deliberation podcast. I'm Courtney Brees. The National Coalition for Dialogue and Deliberation, also known as NCDD, is a network of thousands of innovators who bring people together across divides to tackle today's toughest challenges. This podcast brings together members of the community in conversation about their work, as well as shares resources, tools, and discusses challenges in dialogic practice. In our first series of podcasts, we're featuring conversations that took place at the October 2016 National Conference on Dialogue and Deliberation. The conference brought together 350 innovators in dialogue and public engagement to discuss the opportunities and challenges to bridging the divides in our communities and nation. In this fourth episode, Michelle Ferrier and Peggy Holman of Journalism That Matters discuss the intersection of journalism and public engagement, and the opportunities they see for partnership between journalists and public engagement practitioners. Michelle starts the conversation.
1: So glad to be here
0: at NCDD
1: as the president of Journalism That Matters. And I'm here with Peggy Holman, our executive director. And we're here at NCDD really to, I think, forge new alliances with dialogic practitioners and those that are doing dialogue and deliberation work in civic spaces to really help understand and begin to shape a new relationship that helps bring the voices of community to the forefront of what we're doing in our journalism and make sure that uh, residents, as well as the people in communities, feel that their stories are being heard.
2: Just by way of of background, a bit about Journalism That Matters, it's been around since 2001, and it grew out of the notion that stories shape the way we see the world, and that shapes worldview. And journalists are cultural storytellers. And so as carriers of our stories, as somebody who has a foot in both worlds, I was inspired to reach out to journalistic colleagues. And we started convening conversations, reimagining journalism, and the journalism ecosystem in a way that it supports communities and democracies to thrive.
1: Um, At the time, I was a journalist several years ago, about eight years ago, engaged at the forefront of looking at online communities, developing those kinds of community engagement relationships, not just through technology, but also in physical space, and connected with journalism that matters over Um, Really, the, the work that I was feeling I was doing in communities and struggling to try and help communities understand how we could, as journalists, help tell their stories. And over the past eight years, as Journalism That Matters works to convene a diverse group of people to talk about these issues, I found myself in a tribe, so to speak, that had the same sensibilities that I did, that the ways in which uh, Journalism That Matters works in a collaborative and inclusive manner um, that brings in different disciplines and different professions to explore these issues, understanding that journalists themselves uh, may not be able to see themselves out of out of the situation uh, that we found ourselves in over the past several years, and also to really reimagine what the news and information ecosystem could look like
2: if we were starting from scratch and it occurs to me michelle that people from the D community would be well served with a little bit of context of what's going on in the world of journalism so it's not a surprise to anyone that legacy media which tends to be the term journalists use to describe mainstream media is struggling for its very survival and I sometimes use a, a quote from Margaret Wheatley, who talks about hospicing the old and midwiving the new. And journalists recognize themselves when they hear that notion. And really our work at Journalism That Matters has been focused more and more on midwiving. What we see is some very exciting and promising trends towards uh, a more engaged and possibility-oriented form of storytelling. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think the other things that uh, we've seen happen over the past eight years, I've moved from being in a legacy media and a newspaper into higher education. And we as educators are also struggling with what this new landscape looks like from technological changes to format changes to new players and platforms that have completely and radically changed for, in, in very deep ways, the ways in which consumers or audiences engage with the media and in fact even change their role in terms of creating and sharing information. So I think we're really at this kind of inflection or tipping point where we see the emergence and have begun to see the emergence of this new media innovation ecosystem through hyperlocal, online news sites developing, etc. However, the missing piece, I think, out of what we see emerging in this landscape is really bringing in Um, not just bringing in the voices of the community, but really finding a new role for journalism in helping communities to thrive, to actually helping them move beyond providing news and information to be in action around the values that the community has collectively discovered and chosen to move forward with. And so beyond what we might call user-generated content, which is uh, one way of looking at community engagement that is more transactional. We are looking for a new kind of role in relationship to communities, a community broker, community weaver, and that kind of role for journalism requires a different set of skill sets that D&D practitioners bring.
2: And one of the things that I find particularly exciting about this potential connection between D&D practitioners and journalists. Uh, journalists have something to teach about storytelling, and D&D practitioners have something to teach about engagement. Uh, and something I hear both communities beginning to talk about is the notion of civic space, those places that are really, as Michelle was saying, reimagining a different way. And I've been hearing just in the last few years, more journalists talking about the notion of a 21st century town square? And what does that look like? And while I think that that remains to be invented, certainly has uh, an online aspect and a face-to-face aspect of it. I think that both storytelling and community conversation are essential elements of that new kind of civic infrastructure.
1: And also, Peggy, over the past several years, we've seen a movement in communities and cities and regions to begin to look at this question about how they can become sustainable, how they can begin to look into the future to make sure their housing and their transportation and their infrastructure and jobs are available for their residents into the future. And in working with Communities as well as cities and that framework that they're operating from, communications is not in that framework. There's other pieces, as I mentioned, housing and transportation and jobs and employment. The communication aspects have how do we decide, how do we listen to one another, how do we surface the assets in our community to be able to leverage these visions that we've created. We don't have the, the mechanisms to do that. And journalism has served in some of that capacity over its history. But now we see that because of social media as well as because of the decline in uh, the number of people that are doing journalism, the types of people are doing journalism, the kinds of journalism that they're doing, that their community needs and information needs that aren't being satisfied by journalists. And so I think there's an opportunity here for us to look at and grow something completely different that starts from the notion of what does the community need to be able to see itself, see the assets that it has, and then to be able to develop solutions for itself that work for its residents to create that communication ecosystem.
2: At the last convening that Journalism That Matters did, which they co-hosted with the Agora Journalism Center in Portland, Oregon, we came out of listening to the participants, which was a mix of journalists and community members who, who came together around the question, how do journalists and the public engage to support communities and democracy to thrive? And one of the things that we came away with is this model of overlapping circles of community and journalism, and that where they engage, it leads to this notion of a third way of a civic space. And there were three principles that we have found as we've continued to work with different news organizations in experimenting with new ways of working that we found pretty profoundly powerful. And those three are nothing about us, without us, speak truth to empower. And in some ways, I think the most profound lesson for journalists, listening is our superpower. Right. And I think the listening part's
1: really important because as a former journalist, we listen in order to create product and the model that we have used in our work, even in the production of it, has been very much a kind of industrial uh, era model of production. And the public only entered that process in very limited ways in letters to the editor or comments online or uh, through being sources of a story. But All the stuff that happens outside of those moments, when there's a decision made at city council or when some kind of action is being taken or there's something that happens during the day, what we miss in the journalistic process are all the activity that happens around it and before and after it that led to that decision or that action. And so how can we reinvent processes of how we do journalism in a different way so that our work and the work of the community is together in terms of making visible what's there and helping the community to be able to understand itself and connect with others in the community who are interested and and emboldened and, and uh,
2: passionate about making change in their community. So I I think I wanna take this to the potential uh, that, that I see and actually um, raise a question that I pose for D&D practitioners, which is what is possible when journalists and community engagement practitioners connect? What can we do together that neither of us could do alone? And I think that question for
1: me, Peggy, I think has been one over the past year at least that has intensified in its focus because of our culture and our climate here in the U.S. I've really found that the role of journalists in helping tell the story has been so critical too. And, and unfortunately, fueling some of the vitriol and anger and disenfranchisement of our citizens. And we see that being manifested through our political process. where communities that have not been covered by journalists because of a variety of reasons, whether it's racial demographic, there's no newspaper there, but ultimately because they don't see money there. And so there's a value associated with our our readers and some are more valued than others. And I think that lack of focus on an inclusive type of journalism that is focused on understanding and listening to and bringing the voices of community fully into our news cycle and, and news processes has led to the kinds of conversation that we see happening right now in our political process. And I think all of us, journalists and deliberation and dialogue practitioners together, feel that very deeply, and yet both are trying to find ways to work together to have the deep conversations about racial discord in our country, gun violence, environmental issues, and the things that we're passionate and concerned about alongside of using our journalistic tools to be able to help people understand our world and make sense of it.
2: There's a term that's been used to describe what I hear fortunately more journalists talking about, we need to get away from false equivalences. Mm -hmm. And what replaces that? What is it about new forms of storytelling? And I think one of the experiments is is around bringing more multi-voiced storytelling to the fore. So that rather than creating a sense that there are always two sides to things which collapses the nuance and complexity of any issue, to be able to report a much more textured, multi-view perspective that could actually even include explicitly the view of the journalist who has the opportunity to spend time with different voices and understand things. So I think we're very much in a time of reimagining and reinventing the form of storytelling.
1: Mm -hmm. And I see as we've worked through the kinds of values that journalists have, that some of our professional values actually run counter to the ways in which I think we need to change and pivot to operate in a new not only kind of digital physical world but with new partners and new players entering into that process and i really feel as if that we really have an opportunity here that journalists and and the skill sets and knowledge that dialogue practitioners bring about bringing people together and ensuring that they're heard and their voices and their experiences are honored and respected in a conversation and that that is brought to bear in the decision-making of a community, that we have a role as journalists that encompasses new skill sets that include ethnography, that include community organizing, that include some advocacy. And that is a difficult place for journalists because we have stood on the ground of our work of being objective, and yet that objectivity is definitely in question right now. And whether we ever could be totally objective, I think, is in question.
2: One of those myths that uh, I think more journalists are beginning to recognize is not serving us particularly well. I'm realizing I want to share an example. Mm -hmm. So one actually comes from some work with the Seattle Times that uh, I did recently. There's um, a group at the paper called the Education Lab, which has been working with a nonprofit called the Solutions Journalism Network, which brings an orientation of doing solid, traditional reporting, but with the twist of seeking where are there people who have found solutions to whatever particular issue is going on so that the reporting not only talks about what's wrong, but offers some possibilities of ways to move forward. And there's a very interesting thing that I've observed is where news organizations start with this notion of solutions journalism, it brings them very quickly to the need to connect, to engage, and vice versa. When organizations start with an engagement kind of activity, it very quickly brings them to the realization that they need to do a different kind of possibility-oriented storytelling. So in this particular case, the Times, after using This kind of solutions approach to reporting for about a year reached out and started doing engagement work in the community. And most recently, in the state of Washington, there's a a very hot topic around the funding of education. And quite literally, the state was taken to court over providing ample funding, and they lost the case and the state Supreme Court is actually holding the legislature in contempt over this issue right now. So it really is a very hot topic. And the Times decided to bring together a group of people who are knowledgeable and across the, the spectrum of perspectives on the issue. And out of that convening, which included public conversation, but also included a non-traditional way of doing this rather than a panel of everybody saying their five-minute pitch, we set this up where people got to witness a conversation amongst people who have been thinking deeply on this topic. And in spite of the fact, actually, that the Times was interested in multiple perspectives being put forth, they weren't necessarily interested in the context of their work. People coming to agreement, an agreement across the spectrum actually Emerged that no matter what happens with money and funding, our state needs a vision. Our state—I also come from Washington State—so our our state needs a vision for what we want education our state to be in to do. Well, 24 hours after this convening, I heard from one of the people who was involved with that who reached out to say, "Help me organize." A process to do a statewide conversation on a vision for education in our state. And so this was a great example of possibility storytelling and engagement leading to active work in our state to do something to make things better.
1: Mm-hmm. And Peggy, I think it, it would help to kind of frame that and how Journalism That Matters does its work really does come out of uh, Peggy's deep involvement in this work over many, many years. And her expertise coupled with journalists. And so we come with listening as our superpower. We come with a convening that brings those diverse voices to the table so that the solutions that emerge from, and we come with a deep appreciation for the experiences that our diverse participants bring. And so we use an open space technology and convening uh, to allow them to talk about the things that they're passionate about. And that unique combination, I believe, of factors leads to outcomes that are very different than other convenings that I've seen. I've really enjoyed and always and inspired by the participants that come to our gatherings and the work that emerges out of it.
2: And people often tell us that it changed their life in some ways. Sometimes they find new and unexpected partners. We actually have somebody who will be part of the conference this afternoon who came to one of our gatherings and left inspired to start a network of nonprofit independent journalists, which has really changed the trajectory of his work. That's a common experience. And one thing I wanna to say to your D&D practitioners who when they think about journalists, think about how do I get them to cover my stories? The thing that I would say to you is to leapfrog past thinking about it in a transactional way. And seek out journalists to form a relationship, to look for partnerships. It doesn't happen overnight, but some of the best work around actually, there's an example in this DD community called What's Next West Virginia that has been just a stellar partnership between a public television station and a DD practitioner that has really gone statewide in convening very deep and meaningful conversations about the future of the state. And I think, Peggy, you point to why people come out of this
1: space. I think, like myself, I found journalism that matters because I was seeking a different way. And the forms and processes of journalism were continuing and conspiring almost to constrain my activity. But I was uh, developing an online community for newspapers, managing editor there, and really had to create new ways and new pathways of doing the work. And so I found journalism that matters and was able to also find a new set of skills and a new passion and almost a space to be able to breathe. So there are journalists who are struggling within an old culture and I think through the relationship with uh, D&D practitioners, can find a new way and an outlet and support for the work they're trying to do inside of legacy media organizations, while we also explore how to create new forms and media innovation
2: outside of those structures. And just one last shameless plug. We are co-hosting once again with the Agora Journalism Center, a conference in Portland, Oregon, on May 18 through 21 of 2017. So come join us. Thank you. We welcome you.
0: This podcast was produced by the National Coalition for Dialogue and Deliberation. The episode was recorded and edited by Ryan Spencer. Special thanks to Barbara Simonetti for her support of this initial series. Get involved in this community by going to ncdd.org getinvolved or learn more at ncdd.org. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please share your thoughts in the comments or on social media using hashtag NCDD.